1: In the spring of 1985, Gary Eastburn was an Air Force captain. He was the traffic control chief at Pope Air Force Base. That spring, the family was planning on relocating to England where Gary was going to work as a liaison. In May 1985, Gary was in Montgomery, Alabama, receiving training. Katie was at home with the three girls who were 5, 3, and 22 months old. Gary called home every night on May 10th and 11th, he couldn't get a hold of Katie. Hans maintained he was innocent and his lawyer appealed his conviction. In September 1988, his appeal was argued in the Court of Appeals. The lawyer argued that the prosecution should not have shown graphic crime scene photos because they inflamed the jury. The Court of Appeals agreed with the argument and Hans' conviction was overturned. He was granted a new trial. That trial began in March 1989. The prosecution's case was very similar to the first trial. One of the key witnesses at both trials was Patrick Cohn, who was walking to work and he said he saw Hennis near the Eastburns' home. The defense found a neighbor of the Eastburns who resembled Hennis. Many people thought that they could have been brothers. He said that on the night of the murders, he had a problem sleeping, so he went out walking that night. He was also wearing a dark members-only jacket and a wool neck cap. He easily could have been the man in the sketch. The defense also argued that Cohn was an unreliable witness. Since he testified in the first trial, he had been arrested several times. But those charges were always dismissed because he had been a big help in convicting Hennes. The defense had another witness testify, and they said they saw a different man outside the Eastburn home at around 1.45 a.m.,
0: He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC the truest story never told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: Plus, the defense learned that in the two months leading up to the murders, Katie had been receiving disturbing phone calls. They often came in the middle of the night. The caller knew her name and said he was coming to see her. He also said sexual things to her. However, there was no evidence that Hennis knew Katie before he picked up the dog. So the stalker who was harassing her may have killed her. The defense was even able to argue against the physical evidence. Head and pubic hair were found at the crime scene it did not belong to the Eastburns or Henness. Also, a drop of blood was found on a towel. The blood type didn't match Hennis or the victims. Hennis lawyer Sawyer said that he did drop off a members-only jacket at the dry cleaners the morning after the murders. But there were no blood stains on the jacket. A dry cleaner would have noticed a jacket covered in blood. Experts examined the coat and found no traces of blood on it. The dry clean process would have washed away all traces of blood. Another major element of the crime was the ATM card. Another major element of the case against Hennes was the ATM card. A witness said that she saw a man who looked like Hennes using an ATM around the time one of the withdrawals was made, but when one of the withdrawals was made, Hennis was working overnight at Fort Bragg. Evidence also suggested that someone else was at the Eastburn's house that night. There were footprints found outside the house. There were three sizes smaller than Hennis' feet. At his first trial, five neighbors testified that they saw Hennis burning stuff in a barrel. The barrel was examined and nothing of interest was found. Timothy Henness's second trial lasted nearly six weeks, but there was a break because the judge's wife was ill. Then the jury deliberated for just over two hours. They found Timothy Hennis not guilty on all charges. After serving nearly three years in death row, Hennis was released and returned home to his wife and daughter. He also returned to the Army. He served until 2004 and had an impeccable record. He then retired and settled in Washington State with his wife, Angela. After the acquittal, The murders of Katie, Kira, and Aaron Eastburn went cold. The police had no other strong suspects. Then in 2006, the case took an unusual turn. In June 2006, the vaginal swabs taken from Katie Eastburn were tested. Male DNA was found, and they had a match. The semen left inside Katie belonged to Timothy Hennis.